sad sleigh baggies, monstrous mages, and peculiar pronunciations. We had Casey watch the ancient Magus Bride, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Alright everyone, welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the world of anime. With you as always is me, your host, producer, Weeb of All Trades, and everyone's favorite sleigh baggy, PJ. Hi, it's me, your favorite sexy fairy queen, Skylar. And with us as always is everyone's favorite little Ariel, Casey. Ooh, i just like to bring up that... I am the actually ancient gay Princess Bride. Is that not what we're watching today? The Princess Bride? I thought that's what this was. <laughs> it's well, not. Casey, uh, you are sadly mistaken. You're not watching The Princess Bride. We are, however, for those of you at home, watching The Ancient Magus Bride? Magus Bride? Magus There's a lot Bride? of contention. Yeah. I'm going to say Magus for the rest of the show. Was Buttercup in this one? Unfortunately not. Oh, that's a shame. I guess we'll watch this. all right casey well that is quite the name the ancient magus magus whatever you want to call it bride i'll call it the ancient magus bride by the time i get married i'll be the ancient magus bride the ancient (laughs) magus bride that's right casey two questions how do you want to pronounce it and based on that title what do you think the show is going to be about i want to say magus bride but i think it's just more soothing because magus bride sounds like I don't know. That's just what I like. It's what I'm hearing. It's what I'm feeling. It's not magus. You know, it's magus. Magus is like one of those words that isn't homophobic but sounds homophobic. It's homophobic. <laughs> We're making that right now. It's uh, canon. Also, Skylar, say what you will. I've seen people pronounce it magus. I also clicked on the Latin, like, how do I say this word in Google? Good for you, Skylar. I celebrate your dedication. That's magus in Latin. Magus. Or uh, magus. Magus. <laughs> Actually, this is Ancient Magoo's Bride. It's about <laughs> Mr. Mr. Magoo. Magoo getting an ancient bride. God, that is what I wanted to watch. Is that? I hope that's what this is today. It is. <laughs> well, without that influence, though, what did you think this anime was going to be about? So what I thought it was going to be about, um, I thought it was just going to be something more like royal related like more like i don't know i imagine like a prince and a princess type situation some like old romantic version of that because we know how we watch like the anime where like they're made for different audiences i thought this would be like kind of like a royal romantic prince princess made for like teen girls type show okay i think that's not a bad prediction for sure i think it's a little more middle ground than just boys or girls we can get into that later with the poster what do you think it's going to be about um, so I'm feeling less good about my prediction now that I've told you what, <laughs> like what I thought it was going to be about. Um, it looks like Phantom of the Opera, kind of. Ooh. Like I'm getting some Phantom of the Opera vibes, but like maybe mixed with like, like he also has this like Jafar type staff. So he's like a sorcerer, I'm guessing. Um, I'm uh, guessing. Magus, if you will. <laughs> well, actually, I'll explain that later. Um, actually, she'll explain it later. <laughs> That's what that feels like. It's so fun. Anyways. I'm just saying there is a difference. You heard it here, folks. Okay, the one on the the girl looks like my friend Laura. Um, <laughs> just because Wonderful. she's got red hair. Yeah, my friend Laura has red hair. Everybody, so now it's all relatable. Anyways, Does she have um, long red hair? She could have short red hair if she wanted to. So literally, you're just saying it because she has red hair. Wow. That's presumptuous of you. You literally just said that. <laughs> All red-haired people are the same. You heard it Does here, folks. Does Laura have bright green eyes? I don't know. I don't stare at girls. 
<laughs> Avoid that. What was, what's the point? So um, that's Laura just because of the hair. I love I love that logic. Mm-hmm. You know, you've really come into your own as a theorizer <laughs> mm-hmm. throughout the course of this podcast. And I really feel it's apexed here. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's good to you know, know who that she Laura also... walks around in a Japanese school uniform. That's the side she doesn't want you to see. She Oh, you know who she also looks like? She also looks like Ariel from The Little Mermaid for no specific reason. Except for her hair is red. <laughs> and also Merida from Brave for no specific reason. Casey prejudiced against All red-haired people. All of these people. people have like such full, long red hair. And this also character... completely different kinds of red hair. Yeah, they're different colors. I guess you could say Casey only sees color. Wow, Casey. <laughs> Only hair color. Uh. You're literally uh. lumping all redheads together. Where it's you know like, what she looks like? She looks like Madeline. Do you remember that girl? Uh, girl? You know what? Honestly, I'll kind of agree with you on that one. You know what? Yeah, that is the most accurate comparison you've made so far. Uh, all right. Fair. Well, there's another character on this poster that doesn't have red hair. Mm-hmm. Tell me about them. Okay. So I'm getting like, like I said, it's like the staff gives me Jafar vibes. But also, like, the animal skull gives me, like, when Simba and Nala went to the elephant graveyard, I think I saw that same skull there. I'm also getting, like, Harry Potter vibes from all, like, the whatever the, like, like, sparkly green vines that are surrounding them all. I don't know. I would like to interject a Harry Potter count in this episode, PJ. All right. As long as you're willing to keep track of it, because I don't want to. (laughs) Um, and we can also see if J.K. Rowling plagiarized this anime also. Another good thing to check. <laughs> oh, um, God. So, yeah, we're going to keep track of every time Casey says that something reminds him of Harry Potter. So we're at one so far. Yes. We'll see where we end up by the end of this. You guys are no. betting on the wrong horse. It should have been how many times if I say something looks like Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely curious how you're going to interact with this anime this week because this is going to be your first slice of life anime. You've been so used to a lot more action pack. So I'm very excited and curious to see your reaction. Mm. Slice of life is supposed to be more like open to like anyone can relate to it. It's kind of just like it's pretty gender you're off neutral. the beaten path, gender neutral. It's not necessarily meant for boys, not necessarily meant for girls. <laughs> Do you guys think me playing the game of life has helped me prepare for this episode? I don't think anything can prepare you for this episode. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. That is ominous. <laughs> can I ask, is he going to do something sexual with that skull, uh, like with the woman? Like, Maybe. I feel like that's going to happen. Who I, knows? I feels like weird, like. Don't she kink might shame sit- Casey. I'm not. I'm kink embracing. Maybe she wants to sit on his horn. Good for her. All right. Well, we're going to find out just how accurate that prediction is. Hint. Probably not very. When we get back from watching episode one and two of the ancient Magus 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 Bride. We'll be right back. Are you looking for rare and exotic creatures, weapons, and miscellany? Are you looking to blend into a crowd of other such freaks looking in kind? Then come on down to Generic Occult Auction House. Generic Occult Auction House has everything you could ever want. Membership includes a custom-fitted white robe and a Court of Owls-style white mask. Find everything you could ever want, from exotic plants that'll turn you into an ogre, to enslaved fairies and pixies that could potentially wreak havoc on you even from within their bondage, to the ever-coveted sleigh, Beggy. We don't know what they are either, we just know they're rare! 
Are you or a loved one a rare and or endangered species of something, but have no will to keep on living? Then sign your life over to us so we can sell you and make some money! Come on down today! Auctions are held daily and security is much more relaxed than you'd assume it is! Generic occult auction house! Just follow the winding paths in the back roads of any nondescript mid-sized city! Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. PJ here with an early break. That's right, folks. I'm up top today because if the episode title didn't tip you off, this is our very first ever two-parter episode. We didn't originally intend to make this a two-parter, but we just had so much to talk about and one episode would have just been too long. This episode covers episode one of Ancient Magus Pride. Part two will release tomorrow and will feature our discussion on episode two, as well as our usual closing segments. We know how deeply you'll all miss Is There an AMV for that this episode. Make sure you don't miss out on part two by keeping up with our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kawaii Desipod or by searching for Kawaii Disappointment Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Kawaii Disappointment.podcast and subscribe to our YouTube by searching for Kawaii Disappointment. Or go to our website, kawaii-disappointment.pinecast.co for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow as we have Casey continue into the macabre and beautiful world of the ancient Magus Bride. Stay tuned in that episode to learn what we will be diving into next week. We hope you'll join us. All right, everyone, we are back and we had Casey watch episodes one and two of Ancient Magus Bride. Casey, what did you think? Oh, my gosh. Um, it is definitely not what I predicted. <laughs> <laughs> this was like Annie meets Fantasia. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Uh, by the way, also, I see that. how did I not say Annie? She's red haired also. <laughs> You know, your prejudice blinded you to the one true comparison. <laughs> I know, right? And That'll she teach has me. at least short hair, too. <sighs> this is true. Gosh, I really got myself with my prejudice. You need to get it together. But it's great, though. All right, well, let's get some housekeeping out of the way, as per usual. The Ancient Magus Bride was a manga written by Kore Yamazaki for Monthly Comic Blade from 2013 to 2014 before moving to Monthly Comic Garden from 2014 onward. The anime is directed by Norihiro Naganuma, and it is licensed by Crunchyroll, released by Wit Studio, and it ran from 2017 to 2018. There are kind of side story mangas and an OVA as well, but for our purposes here, we are just focusing on the main storyline, manga, and anime. Perfect. But without further ado, let's jump into it. Skylar, take us away. We start the episode off as our main character, Chise, is signing a contract. A voice can be heard asking if she will regret this. She looks up at him with the steely resolve and lets him know that she won't. She finishes signing, caps the pen, and the contract is complete. We cut to visions of a modern cityscape and a robe figure walking through it. Before being thrust back into the contract room, as we see Chise being manacled, the contractor asks if she could breathe, and she offers no response. She's covered in a white sheet and led outside. We see the figure knock on a door with his cane. I was like, is she a druid, a magician, or a handmaid? I'm like, what's about to happen here? <laughs> All. All the uh, above. <laughs> D. We now see Chise being walked through what looks like a mix between a coven and a laboratory. As robe figures watch over creatures inside, large liquid cylinders. 
Can I just say, not to like self-promote or anything, but when she says being walked through here and she's like covered in the white robe and all you see is like the white sheet and her legs. I was like, wow, that looks just like our ghost bitches design. (laughs) It does. Ghost bitches is a shirt that we're offering now. Thanks to Mariah. Love that. This is a little Mariah shout out right now. Not Mariah Carey, but... Specifically Mariah not Carey. (laughs) Mariah not Carey. (laughs) Follow her on Instagram. (laughs) I just want to say that any time we do mention Mariah, I want to open it up to also Mariah Carey. But continue on, Skylar. Yes, Mariah Carey, if you're listening, uh, you're you're cool. Mariah not Carey. You've been our ride and die listener, and we appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Aside from those specimens, giant wolfmen bound and chained, fairies in cages, and various other oddities are being observed. Through dialogue and Chise's thoughts, we learn that these creatures are not commonplace in this society. There are rumors of their existence, of those things that are neither human nor inanimate, and she never knew things like this existed. The figure we've been following enters a grand hall. The robe figures, now revealed to be wearing white, featureless masks, looks upon him. He's dressed in all black, formal attire with a cloak on. His head carries the visage similar to that of a cow skull, and we see his cane briefly before he makes it disappear in a flash. I would, yeah, I really, really, God, love the design of this guy. Yes. He was 100%. super cool looking. I think... I, I'm going to say it right here. I think this inspired a lot of monster f***ers. Bleep that out. <laughs> no, leave it in. <laughs> That's fine. I can leave that out. I don't want the monster f***er audience to feel like there's any shame. So monster f***ers, this is for you. Yes. I apologize to all monster f***ers. I will be having to bleep that so that we do not get an explicit tag on this episode. But know that I respect you. I love you. You are special. And you have my heart. You were seen. This is a pro monster f***er podcast. Always. And to everyone that is listening, I hope you've enjoyed all of this censorship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Monsters need to be f***ed too, everybody. The more you know. Chise is now on her knees as a light flashes upon her. She seems unbothered, thinking to herself that she doesn't care. She just wants somewhere to go home to. She, that that revelation, like the, I don't even care, I just want somewhere to go, is like depressing. Yeah. But also like this whole setup is super eyes wide shut. Oh yeah, 100%. She is in an auction hall. Hundreds of these robe figures looking on at her center stage. The auctioneer reveals she is today's most anticipated item. They better watch out for Liam Neeson when he comes in. Hell yeah, this was taken. This was <laughs> Except taken. she agreed to yep. it. So it's more like uh, instead of taken, it's like solemnly agreed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> the bidding starts and quickly amasses cost. It remains competitive as the door opens to reveal the well-dressed, skull-faced figure. Some of the attendees ask why he's here, all seemingly bothered or confused by his presence as he hates being around people. As the auction begins to reach a deal, the man walks directly onto the stage. As Chise looks up at him, his face now covered by a red cloth, his horns still prevalent, he makes an offer of five million pounds. That is like six and a half million dollars. USD. Yeah. Good for her. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Good for her. Good for her. I wish someone would pay six and a half million dollars for me. True, true. I went on a date with a millionaire who one time took me to a C-level Chinese restaurant. I went on a date with the president's daughter. My My date date with with her. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Real quick, Casey, is that a true story? Oh, yeah, that is a true story. You went on a date with a millionaire? Why haven't you ever told us this? <laughs> oh, it's not as good as the rest of my stories. I don't know. <laughs> uh, What? <laughs> Here's the story. Like, it wasn't like, he's not like wealthy. He's like new money. Yeah. So, okay. I met him through a mutual friend and he came and like showed up to pick me up in his like smart car. He shows up and he's wearing literally like jogging pants and tennis shoes. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, maybe this isn't a date. Then I got in the car and he was like being flirty. I was like, oh no, no, this is a date. He's just garbage. He then took me in with his dirty running shoes, literally mud on them, everything. He took me to this like sea level Chinese restaurant and then forced me to listen to him talk about Star Trek for like three hours. It was my hell. I was like, wow, money isn't everything. Oh. I guess. Jesus Christ. I'm surprised you didn't stick around to get that bag. You know, I don't know the size of the crowbar I'd have to use to crank open that wallet because obviously he wouldn't, wasn't going to use it on himself. This is why Casey is not a rich person. <laughs> I knew you guys were going to be like, there goes our, our new dad, Case. Great job. We were going to have a sugar uncle. <laughs> I apologize. Actually, I can relate because I did date someone really, really rich and he wasn't funny enough. And when I broke up with him, <laughs> um, my parents were very upset. I get, Look, I get it. You guys are pretty and attractive and you guys have dated millionaires. Some of us have only dated one person. <laughs> You know what? I'm so sorry that I'm so incredible that you just had to seal the deal. Blah, blah, blah. I'm in love. What a loser. Let's move on. <laughs> wow. This podcast has taken a turn. The crowd erupts in shock. He looks at Chise and says she will now be his apprentice. As his face covering reveals his skull-like head, leaving Chise stunned for the first time. Yeah, it's the first time she shows like any, any emotion. emotion. Yeah, she's she's dead inside. We see the check made out for five million pounds to Hector Noel from Elias or Elias. Reading it, us Americans would be like Elias. But because they are Japanese people reading the name, they keep saying Elias. Um, I'll be calling him Elias only because that's the only thing I heard his name as. Yeah, Elias okay. is fine. It sounds more unique. Yeah. But Elias. Elias Ainsworth, notably also revealing that his residence is in England. Chise wonders who this man is and why he would spend such a large sum of money on her. In the background, we learn that Chise is a 15-year-old in Japanese. Hector lightly scolds Elias, saying he must follow the rules and asks him to please not wander on stage. Elias stands, saying he doesn't need to be lectured, and calls for Chise to come. She remains in place, and he tugs at her manacles, startling her and bringing her body to attention. Yeah, that was, like, low-key sexy. Like, oh, but my also, gosh. like, she's 15. I wish, I'm just saying if it were me, I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, tug on those manacles, mm-hmm. daddy. Oh, oh. How tall are you again? He is hella tall. He's so tall. Is he, like, eight feet? honestly kind of but Um, but i was gonna say i was relieved to find out that it was like he's like you're gonna be my apprentice and i'm like thank god we didn't just watch a slave auction so i felt like that's what it was i mean it was a slave auction it was a slave auction i mean this is literally that scene from Django unchained did they commit a slavery this anime just ripped off Django unchained i could see that yeah Hector's associate asks if the man is a monster, and Hector lets him know he's neither common nor a sorcerer. He's the real deal. We see Chise 
and Elias walking away before they arrive somewhere else. Chise walking past a tank with a mermaid swimming around. I literally wrote down in capital letters, Skylar, there are mermaids. Huge exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Skylar, there I are literally mermaids. were watching, you can ask Peach, I was like, ooh, mermaids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. As before, there are various creatures in different takes that give Chise pause before a small creature looks back at her from Elias's shoulder, a dragon-like creature that warmly cuddles up to Chise as they continue to walk. That thing was so cute. If you were to watch like the rest of the show, Chise always has this fantastical, cute creature like around her in her lap or on her shoulders. It's. I mean, throughout the next two episodes that we see... Yeah, she always has some cute little thingamajig on her. Fantastical creatures and where to find Chise. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they're recasting El- Elias. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny Depp. Elias. <laughs> Two robed figures talk aloud, saying they can't believe they let him have a sleigh baggy, which catches Chise's attention. It would catch my attention too. I'd be like, what nonsense are these losers speaking? Yeah, what the <laughs> heck is a sleigh baggy? Ilias takes pause and asks, so you could see them, which draws a painful memory for Chise, who retracts into herself. Chise didn't realize Elias was speaking to her, and he asks for her name. This is just like in the fifth Harry Potter when Luna Lovegood could see the Thessalos because she had like seen someone die. I'm like, this is what's going to happen with this one. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I kind of had a similar thought, but yes. And she says her name is Hattori Chise. He introduces himself in kind as Elias Ainsworth, revealing his skull face to her and calling her his puppy. I was like, oh, we're about to do puppy play. <laughs> oh, oh, gross. Um, just kidding. I'm, I am a little scared of puppy play. I have to admit that out loud now. This is the kinkiest episode we've done. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> she may be a puppy, but you know what? He a dog. <laughs> I'm proud he of that dog. line. <laughs> well, actually, you're a little close. He says it is fortunate that she possesses the sight, which draws another memory, this time of her family abandoning her and everyone she meets dismissing her and fighting her to be too burdensome and odd. Is the sight her ability to recall trauma at any moment? (laughs) (laughs) I think all three of us have it. I've got the sight too. Exactly. We have the sight. She rips her hands from Elias and screams that she has never been fortunate. He calmly pats her on the head and says they will see to it that she does feel fortunate before he reapparates his cane. I swear to God, this is such a common thing in anime where like there's a character that like has been hated their entire life, but it's because of like some weird curse or ability they have. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kyo from Fruits Basket comes to mind. Yeah. But also like Naruto at the beginning of Naruto is the same way where like everyone in the town hates him because of like the because of the nine tails. And like, it's just it's such a common trope. No, I completely agree. Well, I mean, to get a little psychological about it, I think it's kind of like a thing where I think a lot of kids feel shunned by their peers or by society and i think anime is like it's because you're special you know like the reason that you are shunned is because you have power and you have something in you that they could never understand i think it's actually kind of sweet in that way yeah 
I agreed. When watching this series and like doing some like research, a lot of people have a lot of love and appreciation because a lot of different animates will use trauma to the main character as just like an explanation of why they are the way they are. But like they just leave it as that, whereas like Chise kind of like you see the development of her dealing with her trauma and stuff as you go on. It's like a therapy, the anime. Kind of, anime. yeah. <laughs> The amount of anime characters that need therapy, finally there is one that actually gets it. <laughs> finally, this this anime I can show to my therapist and she'll be real thrilled. He says he can't have her being so helpless and looking so pitiful, as he paid good money for her. He closes the gap between them and instructs her to stay close and close her eyes. He taps his staff on the ground and a blue light appears underneath them. He recites an incantation. Nettles in the shadow, ring of holly, thoroughly entangled the branches of the spider's web. I hate that this is going to be like the 17th time we've brought this up on this podcast because it has nothing to do with anime. The only place I know Nettles from is Salad Fingers. Salad Fingers. This is actually a low-key Salad Finger podcast. Apparently, because this is like the fourth time we've brought up Salad Fingers. The Nettles... Uh, the Nettles one is the first uh, Salad Fingers I ever saw. Salad Fingers is your guys' Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh. PJ, I got Honestly, it in. Honestly, <laughs> kind of. I feel like you have a chance later on to get it in again. Yes. Wink, wink. Bomb, bomb. As thorn branches surround them, sprouting from the light, in a flash, they are elsewhere. Chise is instructed to open her eyes as she takes in a lovely two-story home in a lush forest. Elias says, this is home, and now hers as well. Chise seems frazzled and asks where they are and how they got here from the building. He says this is a rural area west of London. Chise is shocked to learn that she is now in England and finally asks a question that has been resting on her mind. What is she an apprentice of? He touches her manacles, and they disappear into a fine dust that sprinkle around them. Elias tells her she will be a mage's apprentice. He says that mages are an endangered, old-fashioned kind, and he welcomes her as his apprentice. He once again calls her Slaybeggy. She's a sorcerer's apprentice like Mickey Mouse, basically, at this point. This is Fantasia. No, no they, she's I feel not. Like they made it very clear she's that not a sorcerer's not a apprentice. She's a mage's okay. apprentice. Damn, I can't tell the difference between mages and sorcerers, and I can't tell like what ginger is which. Man, rough day for me. <laughs> Your prejudice is showing, sweetie. <laughs> My magical ginger prejudice. God. Uh, Chise looks dumbfounded before we cut to her now embarrassed inside of the home. As Elias tries to help her undress as he doesn't believe she knows how to take a bath. That was really interesting because there's nothing sexual about it. Like he's not being like a perv like, oh, I can't wait to see you naked. Like he's literally treating her like a pet. Like a puppy, yeah. He offers to wash her, and she can be heard being dunked in the water like a pet being given a bath and tells her to get warm and cleaned up as he takes his leave. How nice was that bath? It looked so nice. There's like so herbs nice. and flowers and stuff in it. Oh, there was a second where I was like, there are herbs in this. What if he's cooking her? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. The, I think I saw nettles in there. It's a sure. soup. I mean, I guess you could say that we're all soup when we take a bath. That's a, our next shirt. <laughs> our next shirt is we're all soup. We're all soup when we take a bath. Seriously. Time has shown that we are not lying when we say if even one of you wants us as a shirt. We will make it. Just look at the ghost bitches shirt. Link in the description down below. <laughs> oh my God. Chise lamenting that he saw everything 
Chise finally allows herself to relax in the bath and thinks to herself how she never thought she'd have a proper bath again. That's just really sad. I mean, I don't feel like I'll ever have a proper bath, but it's because bathtubs are made for like three foot children and I'm a six foot big boy. Big boy. This is also a shout out to our big boys. You deserve, <laughs> you, you deserve baths too. She has a memory of Hector telling her if she feels like giving up on life, she should give herself up to someone who wants her. I mean, that's an interesting way to like persuade someone from not killing themselves. So it depends on how you're giving yourself up to someone. It's I mean, I don't want to get too into it because it actually is brought up in episode two. But my first thought when that scene came up was like, I don't know, there are instances of that where it would be worse than death. Yeah. She lays in the tub before being distracted by laughter. She lifts herself to find fairies flying in the bathroom through an open window. They say they thought they smelled something delicious in here and smile at her. It's the girl soup. I was just going <laughs> to yeah. say it's bath soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Does that make Belle Delphine the first main proprietor of girl soup? Yes. Good point. I was going to say, are those fairies not supposed to be scary? Because I was like immediately like terrified of these fairies. Oh, see, I was like, wow, these fairies are like a little too sexy. What? Oh, I was God. thinking they were so cute. We each felt different We things. all had different reactions to these fairies. These fairies are like a Rorschach test. <laughs> <laughs> and I somehow feel like I failed. Um, they're cute, sexy, scary fairies. That's honestly what I wish I was. <laughs> oh, honey. Welcome to my life. I'm a cute, sexy I'm fairy every day, honey. Ugly, ugly, uh. ugly, ugly. <laughs> They say they might be fairies to her, but not used to such unrefined terms and just calls them neighbors or good friends. One of them gets near her and also refers to her as a sleigh beggy. They say how silly the Thormage is for taking in a sleigh beggy as an apprentice. They tell her how adorable she is and tell her they'll give her any help she needs on her path to become a mage before giving her a kiss on the cheek and disappearing. Uh, I, I, I'm a little sad at the direction this goes because I was like, oh, these fairies are so nice. <laughs> oh, see, I was like, I don't trust these hoes, these fairy ass hoes. Uh-uh. You know, Casey, I also don't trust a hoe. Don't trust a hoe because the hoes don't trust me. Oh, my God. Shout out. 303 is <laughs> coming back, you guys. 303 is coming back. We're all going to be dead on the dance floor. Hell yeah. From coronavirus, because we shouldn't be in public at a club during a pandemic. Dabs. <laughs> <laughs> Elias calls for her, and she lets him know that she is fine, and there is no need for him to come in. Now out of the bath and dressed, she sits in the living room, a mug in hand, as a blonde woman in a pink dress places food in front of her. Elias sitting across from her. He tells Chise to eat and drink so that she may relax as a huge spread of food is shown on the table. Some, this is some Miyazaki-ass food. It is It is very Miyazaki, like food-wise. It looked amazing. I'm so hungry. And Elias offers to answer any questions she may have. Chise asks about the fairies, and he corrects her by calling them aerials and says that they're attracted to anything new. Wow, like, way to make her not feel special. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, those are just the aerials. They like anything new. You're not special, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my she, God. 
this might tie into my earlier prediction about how the Little Mermaid was tied into my prediction originally. Remember, you guys? Don't ever give your. <laughs> don't even try to give yourself credit for that. You were just making dumb redhead jokes. Wow! And you you just think redheads are to jokes? Say a name. You, you think du- redheads no, are jokes? You just PJ? happen to say wow. a name that happens to be the name of a different thing in this show. I will not let you take an ounce of credit for that. She asks if he is truly a mage which he confirms as he calls forth an ember from an empty birdcage, which slowly forms into a firebird or phoenix resting on oh, his Some fingers. would say maybe like from another maybe popular film series or book series. Maybe, I don't know, reminds oh, me of Mary Schmatter. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I never thought of that. I guess you could say when he uh, called forward it, he ordered a phoenix. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that scene could be described as the order of the phoenix that scene was straight fire she <laughs> asks what he means by apprentice and he dispels the phoenix while saying that he means apprentice once again calling her his puppy he says today is a lucky day for him as sleigh beggies are so rare she asks what sleigh beggies are and he says they are like queen bees he says sleigh baggies are capable of attracting and binding things, specifically fairies and mysteries. I was like, that's such a like broad. <laughs> it's so broad. Fairies and, and mysteries. mysteries. True crime. It's like uh, that line in Castlevania where Dracula or Alucard. I'm not positive. I'm not that big of an uh, uh, of a Castlevania fan. Where he's like, you puny humans are just worthless piles of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> I love it. That's such a good one. He reveals that while she could see them, this is a rare among sleigh beggies. Their present brings fortune and misfortune upon the beggy, as their kindness and favors don't necessarily benefit humans. And this is where I'd like to interject. Depending on what kind of witch you are, if you like, uh, if you practice witchcraft, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you're a pagan. Um, a lot of people will give the warning, don't mess with the Fae. Don't mess with the Zohan. <laughs> uh, don't accept gifts. Don't say thank you. Uh, they can definitely mess up your life in unintentional ways, even if it's like a good relationship. Like you have to be really, really, really knowledgeable in that kind of magic to actually have, like, a cohesive, like, good relationship with the Fae. I am not one of those people. I truly believe that I did accept a gift unknowingly from the Fae, and that's why technology breaks down all around me. That's a lot of aggressive talk towards Tina Fey. <laughs> Damn it, Tina Fey. <laughs> <laughs> However, they're always there to assist, and she will need their help to do magic. More magical creatures appear, one even resting on her lap. Again, cute animal count. As Elias tells Chise, she'll become a great mage. He says he will not be ordering her around, but she says she doesn't have any right to refuse. He says she can always reconsider, as a mage is just one of many paths open to her. He pats her head again and says she is like family to him now and that she could depend on him. When she says the like, I have no other recourse. 
It's the first time we see the art go into like the super chibi version of him. Yeah, he's so cute. I adore it. He's so cute. PJ actually bought me a pin of him in his chibi form. It's super cute. I got it at Anime Expo a long time ago when conventions existed. He puts a necklace on her, telling her it is an adder stone that will protect her. He calls for the pink dress servant, who we now learned is named Silver or Silky, and asks her to show Chise to her room. Chise sits on the bed and quickly falls asleep as she smells the scent of grass. She's awakened from a dream as one of the aerials calls to her and slams on her window. <laughs> Aggressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, lady, wake up. She asks Chise to go for a midnight walk with her to a nearby forest. He never go to a second location. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Stay out of the forest, murderinos. Elias notices and laments how hopeless Chise is, saying this will serve as a lesson for her. That's a little messed up. <laughs> Chise falls. Well, sometimes you need to let people fail on their own. I know, but like, it's not like he's given her a whole bunch of introduction. Chise follows the aerial through a beautifully lit forest, bespeckled by a trail the aerials leave behind as they travel. And honestly, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's animated so beautifully. You're like, that's exactly the type of thing I would go into the forest for. <laughs> On shrooms? Remember that one time PJ wouldn't let me do shrooms in Nevada? Anyways. I know. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God forbid. Chise's asked what her family was like, and she says she's never had one. But many relatives took her in. She's asked if they were nice, and Chise smiles, saying she may never have come here if she had come to love them. Which is like a positive outlook on it. Yeah, you know? it's not like mm-hmm. like it like well, if they had been nice, I would have never ended up here. Like that's a very positive way of being like, no, it was all terrible. Yeah, very <laughs> I, true. I, I wrote down Chise is damaged AF. <laughs> Good luck, sis. See you in therapy. <laughs> Chise is worried as they have traveled so far. The Ariel says, if anything, they haven't traveled far enough. Especially since she has no need to go back. That's what I was like. I mean, this entire walk, I was like, this is sus. But when she was like, since you never need to go back, I was like, (laughs) red alert, red alert, homegirl gonna die. I can't believe, PJ, you thought they were sexy and that like you would have been up to this point been like, this seems pretty okay. They are pretty sexy. (laughs) Like, this is going to happen. Totally normal. (laughs) I I don't care how sexy anyone is. I'm not following anyone into a forest. Ariel, listen to me. <laughs> the human world, it is a mess. <laughs> Come to the fairy world. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, low-key, that's what they're saying. Hey, she say it's always greener in the fairy kingdom. <laughs> the Ariel says they have finally duped the thorn mage and that she needs to take Chise back to the fairy world with her or the others will be mad. A portal to the fairy world is lit just past the trees. The aerial says that the fairy kingdom is just through there, and it would be easier than living in the human world. Because the human world, it is a mess. <laughs> oh my god! They should have. He should. She should have gone to fairy world. That's where Cosmo, Wanda, Jorgen von Strangle, all of them are. Uh, I guess she didn't want to have to follow the rules. The rules. <laughs> he didn't want. She didn't ja want one decimo sex. <laughs> yeah, she didn't want jaw rule. I mean, she is fifteen. <laughs> True. 
Chisei is concerned and says she has to go back. The Ariel asks why? If she has no one to go back to, no family, would she just not stay there with the fairies? That's some emotionally manipulative garbage. Yeah. I mean, fairies are cutthroat, though. Arms surround her, and she turns to see the eyes of hundreds of fairies beckoning her. Yeah, it gets creepy in this part. This part? <laughs> that That's me at Pride, being beckoned by thousands of pa- fairies, honey. Oh, honey. A lot of fairies. Oh, honey. Oh, oh honey. honey. <laughs> Four figures are guiding her along towards them before Chise pulls away. The Ariel asks what's wrong, and she says she has to go home while digging her nails deep into her arm to the point of drawing blood. The Ariel asks why, and she smiles as she says that even if she's just a toy, even if she will be disposed of, Elias told her she was family, even if just once. Daddy issues. It's nice. Yeah, I was about to say, that's some hard emotional trauma that she's like, literally, they were nice to me once, and that's more than anyone ever has been. Yeah. Elise's hand grabs a hold of Chise as the fairies draw back in fear. He happily says that his puppy has already learned where her den is before pulling her in for an embrace. Chise is shocked to see Elise, and the fairies angrily ask how he knew where they were. He lifts the adder stone, saying his puppy has a collar and a bell. He says he'll forgive them just this once. And next time that there'll be salamander food. Also, that salamander is super cute. So cute. All these creatures are cute as well. Mm -hmm. They flee while yelling that a half-baked loser like him can't protect their Robin. Their affectionate title for Chise. He says that they don't need to remind him. And as the portal closes, a voice says Chise can always change her mind and join them. Elias calls to Chise, and she fears he may be about to strike her before he pats her on the head and reflects on what an experience that was. He says they make a habit of seducing people with sweet words and to be careful from now on. She apologizes, but Elias says he should have warned her. Yeah, he should have. He should have. Again, he's in his chibi form, which, again, I think is super cute. So cute. cute. But, I, I, God, it so sucks that she, he was even just reaching for her, and she, like, thought she was about to get abused, which is, I mean, shows that she was abused before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's just, like, he just pets her, and he's like, oh, what a, what a time that was, right? <laughs> that was a, Anyways, that was a cute little moment. He brings her in for a hug and says that that is his duty to her. As his apprentice, he wants her to depend on him. She notices he's warm, but tense. Elias lifts her to carry her, shocking Chise. This moment was, like, real cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elias says it is easy to get lost in the forest at night and that it'd be best to go home to their home like this. It was very sweet. Yeah, it's so sweet. I don't trust him. You don't trust him? I, I, like it's a little sus it's a little sus as they walk home he says they'll need to fix her arm where she's hurt after all he can't have his future wife be scarred a revelation to the audience and she say yeah homegirl was like excuse i mean i was also like excuse excuse well i mean it does say ancient magist bride though <laughs> so like come on true skylar is right but, okay, you guys, are you ready for this? Are you ready? I've been waiting for this all episode. You guys, <laughs> she was a mage order bride. Mage order bride. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. I hate it. That's so good. And I hate you for coming up with it. 
<laughs> oh my god, love. He realized he has not told her yet. Hmm. He, of course, wants her as his apprentice, but he also hopes to make her his bride. An ancient oh, matches did I, bride. Did I, uh, did I forget to mention <laughs> that uh, I want, I'm gonna planning on marrying you? <laughs> oh, my bad, bro. My bad. <laughs> Me, this being that's been alive for hundreds of years, and you, this uh, sad 15-year-old schoolgirl. 15-year-old girl. <laughs> that's oh, the classic 50, romance. 60, yeah. Classic romance. This is basically Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> but this like way more beautiful. Twilight. This is like if Twilight was like uh, less boring. <laughs> With monster <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> True. <laughs> Vampires are monsters. Uh, yeah, they are. With more obvious monster fuckers. <laughs> Hashtag only real monster fuckers <laughs> allowed in this house. <laughs> Hashtag alternative monster fucker facts. They stand in a clearing, moonlight showering them as she looks at him and just says, pardon? Or, you know, if we're in France, pardon. Pardon. Except for that means, yeah, like, move. Excuse me. It's more like excuse me, but yeah. yeah. But it's still excuse me, because it's like, excuse me? You said what? Who's who's bride? And that's the end of episode one. Do you have any initial thoughts before we move on to episode two? Yeah, I just want to say that I knew he was sketch. I was like, listen, nobody that buys a human is going to be a good, like, there's something wrong here. I'm just saying, like, he's being very nurturing. He does not just want to, like, make, he's not just going to give her this house and make her his apprentice. There's, like, a catch. And, like, it's the fact that he wants to marry her. And I do think it's a little sketch, though. That's all I'm saying. Well, to be fair, he's not forcing her to marry him. Mm, I guess so. But she, he's, he's saying, like, I'm forcing you to be my apprentice. I'm hoping that you choose to be my wife. I mean, what's the? I mean, that's more. He's giving her more consent than the Beast did for Belle, and you love Beauty and the Beast. Oh well, yeah, but also because the live-action Beast is super hot. (laughs) Am I poking holes in your argument? (laughs) No. Goddamn Swiss cheese ass argument, Casey. (laughs) No. Okay, but listen, listen to me, you guys. Listen to me. Okay, imagine this. You've literally just been boughten by the one person that's told you here, like you're like their family. So that's kind of manipulative because obviously you've never had any healthy relationships in your life. Well, he doesn't but you've been bought by this one person. And then he's like, here, I'm going to give you all this power. I guess don't feel any pressure or anything, but I'm like hoping even though now I've bought you and like, I brought you to my really nice house and I'm giving you all this magic power. I hope you don't feel obligated to like be my bride. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Before he purchased her, like granted, don't purchase people. Um, <laughs> yes. we, please <laughs> put that in. Don't purchase Brave stance people. from Skylar. <laughs> <laughs> you but, guys heard but, it here. Yeah, uh, so yes, don't purchase people. I agree. But like he doesn't know what her past is. He doesn't think he's being manipulative. And she's 15. Like, I agree that Hello. it is manipulative. But I don't think he's planning on being manipulative. Like I don't think it's something where he's like, I know exactly what I'm doing here. I think he's just like, I hope you, I hope you fall in love with me. Yeah. Yeah. But he also makes it very clear. And then he puts his two fingers together, and he's like, "Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be crazy if you fell in love with me?" Ew. Ew. (laughs) He was just like, "This is just like a hope," and it's very much like, "I don't care. Like it's fine." I know I'm the only family you've ever had, and I know I've given you all these things, and I know you're only 15 years old, but don't feel pressure. The fact that you have no, like, uh, normal relationships to help you realize that this might be a problem. That's all I'm saying. The age difference 
in every one of these stories, including Twilight, is always problematic. There's that. But I understand you're arguing not necessarily for the age, but manipulation. I hear you. He's got missing information. And I don't think he's intending to manipulate her at all. All right. I will I will keep an open mind going forward and not accuse him of being sketch. We'll see if Casey keeps that promise. Unfortunately, that's all we have for you this episode. We will pick back up right where we left off tomorrow when part two of The Ancient Magus Bride drops in the feed. You won't want to miss it. Until then, I hope the rest of your day isn't a kawaii disappointment. See you tomorrow.